Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Or, as we could title this particular episode, Stuff I Never Thought I Would Say After Watching Anaconda. But yes. before we get into that. Okay. Oh, I see. You're setting this up as if there was some sort of narrative that we flow through in our oh, no. podcast. No, you just exploded that in the last episode. So I, I, I figured this is just a thing we do now. We talk about the movie that we're going to talk uh-huh. about, and then okay. we stop, and then we do something else. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. not what I, we do anymore? I, no, no, I like it. I like I, I like the uh, uh, the start stop. It keeps you know our listeners on their toes. They never know you know where they should be what they should be listening to you know where their the flow is going yeah they just really struggle to follow the narrative yeah it's like muscle confusion when you're when you're uh, uh, exercising yeah we're helping confuse, their brains confuse their brains yes we want our podcast to be sort of a puzzle that yes. they have to piece together on their mm-hmm. own yes excellent well now that we've established that megan yesterday mm-hmm. yes. i spent some time with real people face to face it doesn't oh, happen very often yeah uh, you know, friend from my undergrad days was in town with their partner, and another friend from my undergrad days lives nearby, and uh, I see her from time to time. She's got two tiny children. Uh, one is is five, and mm-hmm. one just turned three. I was invited Delightful. to their third birthday. Aw, adorables. Now, I think the thing that I realized mm-hmm. during this interaction in which the children immediately grabbed me and pulled me into the den to play. Yes. And then I was saved by cake, because decorating cake and eating cake is more exciting. And then it was almost bedtime, and they were going to have a little bit more time to play. And they immediately both looked at me and said, you're going to play with us. (laughs) They informed you, yes. dragged Uh me away from the other adults. Mm -hmm. Is not, I'm not particularly fun. I don't, I don't do games. I, I'm not imaginative. I'm good at, yes, Mm -hmm. anding. Right up until violence happens, and then I'm more of a no but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the reason kids tend to have an interest in me is that they can smell the weakness. Yes. They know I'm not well, an authority know. figure. Yes. They know they- I, I don't do rules. I, I really am not sure in what is, is okay <laughs> and not okay. And mm-hmm. they can tell that I'm weak and yeah. easily dominated. And so they gravitate towards me, not because I'm the shiniest object in the room or the one that's going to bring the most fun to it. It's I'm the one that's probably going to be in the meth den with them at some point thinking, okay, I think this got got too far. This this went, this went, I think maybe we've crossed the line. I'm realizing now hard drugs. I mean, you're a toddler. How did we get here again? How many... How many steps along this road mm-hmm. was I supposed to stop things and didn't? Because I I think it was a few. This is not good. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This. Yeah. Yeah. Kids. Kids can smell. You know, weakness and and someone they can push the the boundaries with. No rules. Absolutely. I have rules. Sure. I do. I just don't know how to enforce them. When you mm. stop bonk, start bonking your sister in the head with the bag of soft puzzle pieces that you've decided is a milkshake that I ordered, I sure. I ask you to stop and you don't. What am I supposed to do at that point? <laughs> I can pick both of you up and hold you in different hands. I don't think that's the... I don't... I know it will stop the bonking with the bag mm-hmm. milkshake that I ordered, but yeah. I don't know yeah. that that's the actual solution because I can't hold them right. forever. 
And I think yeah. as soon as I put them down, that stuff will just start up again. I don't yeah. know what to do here. I am physically bigger. I know right and wrong. I just don't mm -hmm. know how to tell two hepped up little sociopaths yeah. how to do the right and wrong. Right. And right. they know this. Yeah. You, my my go-to strategy is distraction. I did try that. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I, I feel like, you know... 60% of the time you can uh, distract, you know, from a, a thing bad that's happening. I, tr I tried, you know, mm. I tried to take things back to the calculator smartphone where we were ordering salami pizzas, but then the number four was missing. And then I found the number four, but then he took the number four and he hid the number four again. But then... Yeah. The three-year-old didn't want to do that anymore, and then it just, then they were, they were getting eaten by the cushions, but then they were jumping on the cushions, and heads were getting bonked, and I'm thinking, this is going to end in tears, and it yeah. almost did, but then I was able to redirect it, but it was, they know, mm -hmm. they know, mm -hmm. and they grabbed me, and they brought me away from the other adults who oh, could have kept that situation yeah. under control. I mean, that's classic, you know, they kind of, they isolated you from, from your peers mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and brought you in so that you didn't have anybody to like bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Amber, all... can I tell you one of the other secrets? Uh, it almost always ends in tears. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, I know. You can't actually stop that. Yeah. Yeah. But I was yeah. hoping to stave it off just for the small length of time required before it was bedtime. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's adorable. I mean, those are essentially Maddie and Abby ages right there. Indeed, yeah. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Who oh boy. I mean, they were adorable. Mm, yeah, oh yeah. Well, Megan. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time, Amber. Much like the children at my friend's house, they're monsters oh. in the world. Okay, I was wondering where we were, how, okay, yeah, no, I, good, good job. Beautiful, adorable monsters. Yeah. And we, we want, inexplicably, to spend time with them, maybe capture them and sell them. Yeah, yeah. I'm still somehow talking about children in a way, but I I'm not. I'm were, talking yeah. about snakes. Yes, obviously. If you and how similar a... they are to children. Okay. <laughs> Giant, man-eating snakes and children. Direct line. I, I think you've lost it, the thread just a little bit, but oh, no. but all right. No, I know exactly um, what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. I mean, if I if there was a large man eating snake, what I would try to do with it more than anything is try to capture it by myself in Amazon. Oh, Megan, that was never what he was trying to do. Was it? Mm -mm, he never intended to do it by himself. Oh, that's yeah, that's a very good point. He uh, he needed some. Some suckers who he could kind of lure I in. would want to rope in and trick people, sometimes at gunpoint, who have mm -hmm. no experience in animal tra tra trapping yep. to help me capture this massive snake. I think that's the best thing. Like, don't have an experienced crew. No. Have no. an inexperienced, unwilling crew. Right. Yeah. And that's not the, enough that's supplies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Megan. Yeah. We watched the movie Anaconda. We did. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this particular episode, you are about to go on a wild ride in which yeah. I'm going to say some stuff I never thought I would say after watching Anaconda. And it is complimentary. For sure. Oh, boy. All right. Let's get people situated. Let's get them in the right headspace. Let's play. Okay. 
Witches, 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 witch. Okay. Beg and I shall read summaries from IMDb, Amazon, Amber, and Metacritic, and you shall tell me. Witches, 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 witch. Okay. Are you prepared? I think so. I don't think you are. I'm because probably you not. are about to be transported by okay. this first summary. Yes, I believe it. Breathe in. Center yourself. We begin. Deep in the Brazilian rainforest, a river barge makes its way up the Amazon. Aboard is a documentary film crew with a dream assignment to track down the legendary Shirashama Indians, the people of the mist. But during a violent storm, the crew rescues a mysterious stranger, Paul Cerrone, Voigt, whose boat has stalled on the river. Cerrone professes a vast knowledge of the Shirashama and volunteers to lead the filmmakers directly to the elusive tribe. But the manipulative Cerrone is actually a poacher in pursuit of his own mad dream! A lethal 40-foot anaconda, the largest and most vicious killer snake in the world! Wow. That was beautiful. Don't you feel transported? I actually do. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, great job. Yeah. Way to go. Metacritic. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Itu. A National Geographic film crew is taken hostage by an insane hunter who forces them along on his quest to capture the world's largest and deadliest snake. And yes, National Geographic is in quotes. I don't know why. Yes. Sure. Three. A... National Geographic film crew is taken hostage by an insane hunter who forces them along on his quest to capture the world's largest and deadliest snake. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. it's got, this is a hard one. I know. You're going to really yep. struggle with this one. Yep. Yep. And the final. A documentary film crew embarks on a voyage down the Amazon River in search of a legendary tribe to exploit and probably exposed to pathogens that will decimate mm. them because I did not see one solitary mask on board that barge. After saving a man who appears to be stranded on the river, they are drawn into his mad and lethal quest to capture a deadly quarry. It's a snake movie. It's a big, scary murder snake movie. But it also is a masterclass in how to make a film starring women and people of color that does not racialize, stereotype, sexualize, or redshirt them. I know, but seriously. Wow. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Amber, we're going Metacritic, IMDb, Amazon, and Amber. I mean, you even got the IMDb and Amazon in the right <laughs> order, despite the fact that they were indistinguishable from each other. Perfect. Impressive. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, that Metacritic one was was uh, was poetry. It's so. beautiful. Yeah. As I could see the barge drifting yeah. down the river. I could see the imperiled Sharon. I could feel the call of the legendary people of the mist. Yeah. It did a better job of that than the movie, probably. Well, yes. Huh. Okay. All right. Okay. And then yours kind of, kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to this, but like, yeah. Um, things we didn't think we'd say about Anaconda. Scary murder snake movie. Not particularly well made. And no. yet, and really yet, well made in really some ways. Really well made. Yeah. Amber, what did the critics say about this one? Oh, boy. Yeah, 37 for the critics on Metacritic, 61 for the users. All right. We're at 38 for the uh, critics and 24 for the users. The, wow, the critics are really close score-wise this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Roger Ebert... Wow, I cannot speak today. Mm. Roger Ebert. Uh, okay, yes. Liked this one the best. His, his is rated the top of all the critical effusions. 
A slick, scary, funny creature feature beautifully photographed and splendidly acted in high adventure style. Okay. Okay. He was, he was for it. Yeah. Um, this is a 1997 movie. Oh, jeez. Uh, which is to say that um, it was made a while ago, and um, just in terms of thinking about like the CGI and that kind of thing, like it, yeah, it, okay, fair, fair, it, fair, fair. It's it, not it goes 1997's Anaconda. You were just placing the movie within a particular time stream. Yes, sure. If you need to think of it that way, sure. Um, mm. Yeah, that that some of the CGI is, is pretty okay for its its time, and some of it is is a little silly. Yeah, a lot of the critics do mention the silly. Yep, yep. There is a lot of Jaws ripoff. Oh, of course, yes. Um, there's a lovely... Was- there are two Washington Post reviews, and the first oh. of them by Descent Thompson uh, says this feels like Alien is directed by Jim Henson. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean... If Jim Henson directed Alien, I would just be afraid of puppets. I don't know that. I mean, there's still things bursting out. I don't know. Yeah, puppets. They're still murdering and eating people. Is is what I'm trying to say. I think I think that movie it would be the the Alien with puppets would be uh, my brother Dan's uh, most scary horror movie there could be. Oh, that is true. Aliens mm-hmm. doesn't bother him, but Jim Henson movies do. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. Oh, I have ideas now. <laughs> mm. To be fair, there are a lot of Jim, Jim Henson movies that are essentially horror. I mean, Oh, yeah. No, it's very true. Yeah. I don't think he's given enough credit for the truly disturbing and macabre things that he was able to get away with in children's movies. The Dark Crystal is... is Dark Crystal is harrowing. Yes, it is. And I watched that very young. I, it is... <laughs> I, it might be worse than Return to Oz. Yeah. Yes. I didn't watch Return to Oz as a kid, though, so I don't have a full grasp of it. But. Wheelers. Just wheelers. Oh, the wheelers are, yeah. Mm. The desert that turns you into sand. Yep. The heads. The heads. She's a little girl. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's, well, now Return to Oz is probably still worse, because at least in the Dark Crystal, it's just puppet on puppet violence. So, yeah. Well, Amber, um, uh, Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times had a very uh, a profound um, critique. Anaconda is such a classic combination of feckless dramaturgy uh. and rampant excess that giving way to giggles is the only sane response. Feckless dramaturgy. I had to ask Amber what feckless meant before we started this podcast. Fucking feckless dra- just see shitty filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kenneth. Can I call you Kenny? Poop. Please do. Poop filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Was it doo-doo? It was doo-doo movie making. Yes. Feckless fucking drama. You watched Anaconda, you Kenny. Watched- yeah. Mm-hmm. I- oh, I get it. You got a degree in something at some point, And now you're writing reviews after watching Anaconda. I'm sure you're trying to make yourself feel better, Kenny, but all you did was highlight the fact that you watched Anaconda and then wrote a review about it and felt the need to use the word feckless, followed mm-hmm. by dramaturgy. Yep. I am judging you, yeah, sir. as you probably should. I mean, it's, you know, you should never judge people, but it just feels so good right now. I'm, I'm yeah, go with it. Yeah, for sure. There were a couple of blurbs that specifically said John Voight did a good job. And everybody mm. else was disposable and or just in a hurry to pick up their checks. No, untrue. I didn't feel like that was true either. And just because Voight's thing is so over the top. He's, 
he's so over the top. And like, I wouldn't even say it's like good over the top. He feels gross, but I feel like that's just kind of John Voight coming through. Yeah, Um, I think it is. And so uh, certainly, yeah, J-Lo and Ice Cube, like they they're bringing it. I honestly and the dude who plays the professor, we'll look that up later. He was actually really good, too. He was, yeah. Oh, and he had the most so. interesting arc. Yeah. So, I mean, so the TV Guide magazine staff not credited, Voight's performance, one of the film's pure, trashy delights, is all leer and sneer and macho swagger, while the rest of the actors feel like the disposable snake fodder they are. Okay. See, I'm sorry, what now? That's, that is precisely the opposite of Thank how you. I feel about this movie. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why I actually quite enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, yeah. I watching John Voight just well, somebody did call him out. Harry Hartunian of Film Threat. This film marks for John Voight a concerted effort to unseat Christopher Walken in the competition for the czarship of sneering, wheezing, Machiavellian, all around weird guys. He spends much of his time standing around making a face like Beavis does when he's really freaked out. That mm. is beautifully dated because they made a Beavis reference. Yes, they did. But he does just, he's making this awful face. He's putting on this Paraguayan accent. He's being yes. gross. Macho swagger? He's just gross. No, it's not macho swagger. It's just, like, they will, they will, like, he will be in the background and he's just got, like, a <clears throat> sneer up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's not, it's good in that, yeah, this is an over-the-top goofy villain, but he's not the highlight of this movie. And I'm, he is not, no. I'm just going to say one more thing until we go into the segue that you did before I started talking again. It was beautiful. Sure. Mark Savlov. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you, it used to be me in old New York Times. I can't even remember his name at this point because I haven't seen his blurbs in a while. Mark Savlov of the Austin Chronicle. I know he's come up before. I'm starting to hate him. Charmless, unfrightening, and even devoid of the requisite gratuitous nudity. Anaconda just plain bites. Fuck you, man. Listen, listen. You're saying you want the... Like, what? That was one of the the highlights of this movie, is that people were wearing practical clothing the entire time. Megan, but I didn't see them titties. I know. There was some women in some creature feature, and I didn't get to see any of them titties. I know. It's it's mind-boggling, isn't it? No ta no booty. What it, What am I even want? Why are there women in this movie if I can't see their goods? Yeah. It's breaking, breaking Savlov's tiny little mind. Oh, God. Stupid, stupid movie. I didn't even get to see any boobs. Feckless dramaturgy. Meh. This is feckless dramaturgy. It's nudity-less worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Critics. Mm. You Critics missed the point, you. by yeah. and large. Yes, Even the ones absolutely. who liked it, you didn't give it. It's attaboys for some of the best things that it did. Where they should be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There was that one critic, uh, number four of Which is Which is Which is Which, that did a good job. Mm, they um, are a visionary. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Megan, this is a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Yes. This is In a great In a lot of ways, except for when it's not. Exactly. And the ways that it's not, it's a great movie. Yeah. Megan, this movie blew my mind. It's astounding. It was, I, okay, so, you know, I've thought about, you know, we've thought about doing Anaconda. It's been on our list, but it's one of those movies of like, ah, classic, bad movie. Like, 
Like, for example, we're not going to watch fucking Sharknado. Like, no. I don't want to watch a movie that's bad in order to be bad. Um, and I don't think Anaconda was meant to be bad, but I feel like it, it occupies that place where it's like, oh, a classic bad movie. Um, but they were trying. It, they were definitely trying. They were trying. There are definitely ma- some moments where, where you realize, oh, you are really trying. And it's funny. And it's it's both funny and it makes it more interesting than something that that was just trying to be campy for campy's sake. Um, but I was blown away and not expecting what we got out of Anaconda. Amber, no, not, neither was I. I did I as I was watching the movie. I I'm not even sure I was acknowledging just how brilliant it was in some mm-hmm. important and shocking ways. Especially yes. considering what it is. As as old my buddy Savlov mentioned, this is the genre for really put, pulling out all the stops to sexualize yeah. women, like all of mm-hmm. their female characters, make them ditzy and screamy and needing to be saved. Even the tough ones need to be saved mm-hmm. and make asinine decisions for the sake of thriller intensity, yeah. cliffhangeriness. I can't think of the right words, so I'm just throwing a bunch of words at the board and seeing which it's, one sticks. Of course, yeah. So, to, to build yes. tension. We have our right. characters be complete morons, and usually they're the women and the people of color. Also, that's, they're the yeah. ones that get killed first. And yes. for jokes and hee-haws, we make sure that we racialize and stereotype them mm-hmm. for our amusement. And right. it, this is the genre where we do that. This is, I am ready to be annoyed and try and put that stuff aside, at least to find the pieces that I like before I then bring them back up again and say, come on, mm-hmm. Megan, that's not here. Yeah, I, it's we got to the end scene of the movie mm-hmm. and I I realized in my own gross amber way I was looking at Jennifer Lopez and thinking, "Oh right, you have like a historically amazingly beautiful butt." Mhm. And I am now having to intentionally on my own think about that fact because the filmmakers have put no effort into showing me that butt. Yeah. I am as I look at you now, I see Oh, you are wearing very practical cargo pants that in no way egregiously display your assets by... <laughs> did you get it, though? I got it, ass. By being completely incomprehensible bad clothing for trudging around the Amazon River. It, it just, yeah. I had to put the effort in to sexualizing Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> well, Amber Slavlov would say that that's an egregious uh, uh, error on the filmmaker's part. But we would say that that's amazing. Like, you don't, you know, almost all of these types of movies are, are you know, woman bodies in bikinis and uh, uh, sunbathing and making stupid uh, uh, mistakes and all that kind of stuff. Not, not in this one. Mm-mm. And that's, that's, what a, what a delight. There were two female characters. There was Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez, and then there was Carrie Wurr. Jennifer yep. Lopez, Lopez played Terry Flores, a documentary filmmaker. Uh, and the head of the crew. She has her own crew. She is in mm-hmm. charge. Terry Flores is the main character. Yes. Is played by Jennifer Lopez. Yep. And she's the boss. And she's the boss. Yep. Fuck Yeah. Her, her yeah. cameraman is played by Ice Cube. He plays Danny Rich. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube, also, the first time somebody has to jump in the water and save somebody, it is Ice Cube. And yes. at no point is anybody making the comment, oh my God, a black man can swim? Right. 
uh, therefore putting it miles above the Meg to begin with. Thank you. The Meg, a significantly more recent movie, fucking did that. Yes. Did that archaic fucking stupid shit. This movie, you happen to have a character who happens to be played by a black man, and we're not going to talk about, oh, you can swim? Oh, my goodness. Now he right. just does because he he's just a fucking and, person. It almost it almost seemed, and who knows? I I don't know the minds of the Anaconda filmmakers, but it almost seemed like pointed. Like, let's get this over with and just show you that uh, we're not doing this shit. It I I don't disagree with you. Yeah. And then Owen Wilson was a side character. He played Gary. I know Gary's name oh, Gary. because John Boyd's character you- <laughs> na- character liked to say Gary over and over and over oh, again. Boy. Help me with Gary. this, Gary. Gary. Gary, do this. Gary, don't you want money? Gary. 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 It was creepy and it was upsetting. Owen Wilson is Gary. But Owen Wilson is the one who's manipulated into being a sack of shit by John Voight, by Cerrone's character. And so he's the dimwit, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in this movie. Like yeah, he's, he's the, the dumb one, blonde. He's the dumb blonde in this movie who who uh, decides to like join Cerrone's team for fame and fortune. And that's not usually a, 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 a the job of a man in one of these movies. And that's nope. also fantastic. And certainly not the pretty white guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then you have Jonathan Hyde, who plays Warren Westridge. Oh. <laughs> Warren Westridge. Okay. Comes in, he's the, like, Englishman who's drinking tea out of a fine uh, cup while they're going down the Amazon in a barge, who, like, we talked about it early on, like, he's being an ass, and it's like, we're just, like, we're, we've are we got to earn your death. We're going to be excited for, like, this is going to be exciting when you die, because we're all going to want it. Not not true at the end. I was so sad when he died. It was a turn. His 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 arc was beautiful. So good. It was so good. It it made me feel like an asshole. You uh-huh. know? I I let the first impression lure me into the false complacency of every other creature feature. Oh, here's the materialistic, self-important over-educated, aristocratic, or rich dick yeah, who's, who's going to be who's, yeah, yeah entitled, who's going to be stomping all over everybody else, and then eventually will get his comeuppance and get eaten by the giant creature. Yep, and and he is that to begin with. Like he's he's definitely give gives those airs to begin with. Carry my bags. Be careful with the merlot. Oh, I want to hit golf balls off the back of this barge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he has so many practical skills, is super duper a survivor, and sacrifices himself when it comes yeah. down to it. Yeah. And he's a, he's a real dick to uh, uh, Ice Cube Danny when he's coming on. And then we get a scene later on where he's teaching, uh, uh, Westridge is teaching Danny practical skills, like how to drive this boat. And it's just this like sweet scene between the two of them where... Uh, yeah, I love Westridge that scene. Is imparting this knowledge, it's great. I love that scene. It is. It is such a just the fact that Westridge knows how to drive the boat is mm-hmm. unexpected. That he has right. valuable skills. He's the right. one who knows how to drive it. So when the pilot gets brutally murdered by an anaconda, 
the first mm-hmm. to go. What? He he just he takes over and then he teaches Danny how to do it. It is this great and there was tension set up between the two of them in the beginning and then sort of at the midpoint when he was hitting golf balls, you have Danny listening to uh, rap music on the on the yep. barge. But, listening, by the way, listening, listening to himself, listening to his own. Yeah, he's music, absolutely yes. listening to himself. Which is, Fantastic. Yep. That's a grin moment. Mm-hmm. This scene could have been done so many ways. Yeah. That I would have expected. And I mean, ways that happened in State of the Union. It could yes. have been that the homeboy hillbilly conversation where people are stereotyping and racializing each other. We could have right. had Westridge come at Danny with some thug homeboy rap music noise bullshit and danny could have busted out you know significantly less harmful stereotypes because he's a rich white guy so who the fuck cares what he says Mm -hmm. about him but it could have been essentially diminishing people to salient stereotypical characteristics instead Mm -hmm. he wants the music to be lower it's not because of what the music is it's just because it's too loud danny turns it back up again and they have this contentious scene that's mostly just sort of a verbal slap fight between two men it's like Mm -hmm. oh oh i'll hire one of the tribesmen to kill you for 15 dollars because i'm sure someone would do it and ice cube danny's response is well i'll just kill you myself and Westridge I'll kill you says, myself for free. <laughs> for free. And Wester's is like, oh, well, you and what army? And Danny's response is, your mama. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it's over. Ridiculous. It's just, yeah. it's, it is this fun moment of two co-workers sniping at each other who clearly mm-hmm. have a lot of familiarity. Yep. But it, I really, actually, they had no familiarity, but they'd been traveling <laughs> together yep. and were kind of building that... Right. It was a good scene. It was silly and funny and avoided so much dumb, dumb, stupid stuff that other movies so readily do. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love I love their relationship uh, as, it, as it progresses through the film. And, and through that in through that lens, you also come to really like Westridge. Mm-hmm. He gets scrappy. He gets dirty. He gets yeah. dead. And he gets dead eventually. Mm. But he's he gets dead because he's like. Uh, uh, by the way, there's a big anaconda in this movie. He's he he distracts the anaconda like and tries to get it to come towards him, which it does, uh, to save both uh, uh, Terry and Danny. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the rich white guy sacrifices himself to save two two people of color. Yes, yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I understand anything anymore. No, and I think. Is he the last one on the like the good crew side to die? Is that right? He is. Yeah. We yeah. Technically, Eric Stoltz, who plays oh, Doctor Stephen Kale, is yes. alive through to the end, but right. he gets knocked out early in the film by having a poisonous wasp in his mouth, and he mm-hmm. has to have an emergency tracheotomy, and yep. is just yep. out for the movie. He, he every once in a while comes in and does something. He did, and then starts and bleeding from, then, from his throat and has to go, <laughs> has to go light down again. again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is, again, here we go again. The other thing is, guess who makes it? Guess who lives at the end of this movie? It's J-Lo and it's Ice Cube. And that's not how these movies usually end. No. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. All right. So just, just as a quick... Quick thing, because you, you, I know you need it. The summaries weren't enough for you. I get it. So I'm going to give you a little, a little taste. We have Terry's film crew showing up to do a documentary with Dr. Stephen Kale 
and Dr. Mm-hmm. Warren Westridge. They're the, the yes. fi- they're essentially, they're the historian anthropologist folks who are looking for the legendary Shirashama tribe, the right. people of the mist. Which is, you know, it's a problematic, the story doesn't like, we don't dwell on that very much because there becomes a giant snake, but like, that's a little bit of a problematic, like, reason to be going in. It's a very exploitative. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Yeah. But go on. Yes. So they've hired Terry's film crew to to film this Mm -hmm. voyage. There is clearly a romantic past between Stephen Kale and Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary and Denise, who are part of the film crew, also are are an item. Just they are. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. They like each other. They want to have sex. Mm-hmm. It's human and fine. Um, and then as they're going down the river barge with their captain Mateo, they run into Paul Cerrone, John Voight's character, who seems to be stranded with a stalled boat. He's not. It was all a big ploy. Mateo and Cerrone were in it together with another poacher, Danny Trejo, who shoots himself in the head in the first five minutes of the movie because a snake is trying to eat him and he'd rather shoot himself in the head. I think that was probably actually smart. Yeah. Yep. I I don't want to get digested or suffocate Mm -hmm. inside of a snake. I don't want that for myself. No, that would be pretty awful. It was the right move. But it it was all a ploy because they needed more people to help them catch the snake right but he can't convince them to go down the river tributary that he wants them to go down they they just won't go where he tells them to go even though he says oh i know the shirashama i can tell you where they are they're a little leery so instead he sabotages the boat so that stephen kale has to put a scuba gear on and go and try and fix it (laughs) and he's pre- laced the scuba gear with a poisonous wasp sure that won't... why would right because why wouldn't you that's it's mm-hmm. clearly the easiest way to cause this... why why wouldn't you have a poisonous wasp on you yeah i obviously. do at all times who mm-hmm. knows when you're gonna have to sabotage somebody non-lethally right because of course if you kill him you don't get what you want the reason you poisonous wasp him and then emergency tracheotomy him is that he needs immediate medical care and so you can convince the people that oh you know that way i was talking about before fastest way to get him to a hospital right mm-hmm. this is not suspicious nope and he- here's the fun part is like terry notes that specifically like oh that way that we decided not to go down is now the way we have to go. I mean, like, they're aware of his shenanigans, like, from from start. A hundred a percent. Doesn't help them. He's got guns and th- things just don't go their way. But one of the main features of this movie is that, for the most part, especially when it comes to Danny and Terry and Westridge, they're mm-hmm. making good choices, yeah. but the situation conspires against them. Which is which is so interesting because there's a lot of good movies and good TV shows that, like, lose the fucking plot because they betray their characters. Like, mm-hmm. The Expanse, for example. Oh. Like, and, and I'm sorry to bring up The Expanse because it's so good until it's so not. So good until it's so not. But and it's so, like, so good until then. It's so good. So you have, like, these characters who, like... Are 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 doing 
you know, good things or bad things or whatever, but their characters are doing their, their the things they should be doing. And then in order for there to be drama, or in order for the movie to happen or the show to happen, then you have your characters betray their, like, core principles to do something fucking stupid mm. in order to get the conflict. In this movie, you can have the characters be smart, be practical, and still shit doesn't go their way. Mm-hmm. And that is different than a lot of things out there, which is amazing. Yep. I, half the time, they don't even come up with a decent story reason for the person to have betrayed their own principles. That's 100% yeah. something somebody would do under right. duress. For example, mm-hmm. Denise, mm-hmm. who is an item with Gary. Yep. Gary betrays the crew, but she still cares about him. And then Gary is brutally murdered by a snake in front mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. And she becomes catatonic. They're mm-hmm. able to take out John Voigt. Sarone, in a brilliant manner. Megan, mm. Terry, Westridge, and Danny all conspire to clever girl Sarone by using yeah. Terry as honeypot bait. The yeah. fact that she's she takes one for the team. She has to kiss that disgusting man. Yep. And then Danny comes in the front door and Sarone's like, fuck, you think you can trick me? I knew this was a bullshit setup all along. And then wham, in comes Westridge with a golf club to the back of his head through the window. They had a clever girl plan the it whole so time. Good. It was so yeah. good. I, I, it was like, oh man, it didn't work. And then fucking Westridge out of nowhere through a window with a golf club. So I did good. not have that on my clue board card, no, whatever. I didn't. Yeah. They're smarter than me. Yeah. Fantastic. He forgot to count the men and so did I. Yep. Yep. So they have him tied up on board because they're not killers. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But Denise, after seeing Gary die and knowing that Sarone kind of led him to that fate, thinks, I'm going to stab this guy, but then can't. I understand that. She's really upset. She's really angry. That's a reasonable character break. Mm -hmm. And it leads to a reasonable escape on Sarone's part. I mean, you say reasonable, but he like flings himself up in the air on, while his, I mean, he does some like super. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He got his legs around her neck while he was in a tied seated position. It was. Yeah. It, it to be like for Denise, like there is no way he should have been able to do that. So no. like, no. I, I'm with you, Denise. I'm st- I still got your back, Denise. That was not, you, you didn't deserve that. No, no, you did not. Just, but the teamwork between Westridge, Danny, and Terry yeah. is really good and impressive. They, they, yeah. A problem comes up. The boat gets stuck. Okay, we need to winch it out using these things. Okay, the snake is coming. What do we do? Well, we have to make sure that this works. So you go over here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to climb up on this thing. And bam, it's out and mm-hmm. Westridge is dead and it's really sad. And then at the end, when they're in an abandoned oh. logging facility. Yeah, sure. That the snake has clearly been to before and eaten everybody because we see just long snake skins and piles of bone dust. Right. There's the confrontation amongst Danny, Terry, Sarone, and the snake. Yes. He is still trying to catch the snake. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even though the trank darts don't work, even though none of the plans have worked. Yeah, how is he ever going to get, like, yeah, he's still, like, he's still going to catch the snake. He's got a net and trank darts, both of which have not proved useful in the past. But he's still going to try nope. it again. Still going to try it. We're going to use Danny and Terry as bait. Mm-hmm. Danny and Terry, they, they're they tied back to back. They managed to stand up together. That's an yeah, impressive thing to do. That is. 
Then they get loose. Then they distract the snake. Then they send Terry up the chimney to lure the snake up there. And then Danny sets off a bunch of explosions and they're coordinating this as they go they're, while a giant snake is in the room. It is, and then she can't get the hatch. Communicating. Communicating yeah. so well. No one's screaming or panicking or freaking out, but they're still clearly high energy, high adrenaline. It's scary. And she's trying to get the, the hatch open and she can't. And she yells down to him and he's like, hit the hinges. And it works. Yeah. It's, they are, they are a freaking seamless team of killing that snake and surviving this. Yeah, yeah. And it's I've, fun to watch. I've never seen that at the end of a horror movie or like a, a creature feature type movie like this, Mm-mm. where like the especially usually it's the woman person who who falls apart and just resorts to screaming and then needs to be saved um and then things go wrong and blah 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 but no they're they're both on top of it things don't always go their way but that's because there's a 40 foot snake after them yeah is it oh oh my goodness you don't have to lobotomize your characters to generate tension and tell a reasonable story weird yeah, yeah right i mean they have a good bad guy in voids mm-hmm. Sarone because he's gross. Yep. yep and really evil. Yep, 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 yep. Kills people, yes. uses them as bait, lures them into terrible scenarios, all for the sake of his promise to Gary is that if they capture the snake, he can get a million dollars for it. Yes. <laughs> it is again one one of these plans like capture snake, question mark, question mark, get a million dollars. Cool. Yeah. Because there's no way, like, even had he captured this snake in this net and maybe tranked it, even if those trank darts had worked, which we already know they don't, how was he going to get that ginormous snake out of the the rainforest? There's no possible way. No. No possible way. It destroyed another boat in in trying to get to Danny Trejo's poacher character who then shot himself. Mm Mm-hmm. So... How could you secure it? And you don't have a cage that I saw. No. Nothing Mm-mm. made of metal. And it just bashes through wood like it's not there. So, yeah. And it's a snake. Guess what? A big, big old net with big old holes in it isn't going to work on a snake because a snake can go through those little holes. Go through those little holes. Oh, geez. Yeah. So the most unreasonable person is Sarone. Yeah. And then, you know, mm. we've we've already mentioned that they don't objectify their female cast members at all. There are yeah. no there are panning shots. We're not focusing in on female anatomy mm-hmm. for absolutely no purpose. The clothing is extremely practical. And I, as I mentioned, had to make a conscious effort to look at JLo's amazing butt. Yeah. Uh, wild. I, Just simply wild. Like Denise's character dances at one point, and she makes out with Gary, her boyfriend, at one point. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. They're yeah. all fully clothed and it's consensual and it's not gross. Yeah. yeah. So so despite Anaconda being a pretty bad movie, it's so good in these ways. It's, it's such a like, yeah, a, a lesson in, in horror filmmaking that you don't need to be, yeah, you don't I need mean, to stupidize your characters. A lesson in doing the culturally intellectually and story appropriate things yes for in making an actual horror movie um um yeah yeah <laughs> you know, you made you you did all the other things so well you did all so the other well uh-huh but 
building actual tension and horror. They show the snake. Oh, they show the snake right so, away. So fucking early. Not even to to take out one of the people. They just sort of on a parallel course with the barge. We just kind of drift off into the jungle and we watch a snake kill a jaguar. Right, and it's not like the like it would have been like you could have set this up where like there's a jaguar stalking them and all of a sudden the jaguar disappears. And oh, that would have like, been cool. Oh. What, what took that jaguar? I what wonder. take out such a powerful, deadly jungle cat? And leave just one eye behind, Amber. Just leave a freaking eye behind. <laughs> but instead, <laughs> we just see, like, we get the, the, the anaconda cam moving mm-hmm. through the underbrush, and then we see a jaguar. And then the snake, the entire snake, we just see it wraps around the jaguar and crushes it yeah. to death, and it drags it away. And then the the camera just pans over to the forest floor where there's just an eye. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that snake's killed that that stuffed jaguar. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was clearly stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> you, huh. That was a poor choice if you that, wanted that's to. That's just horror 101. You don't show the monster for a long time. Mm-mm. You could even kept with a snake cam and show it from the monster's point of view. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. We know it's going to be a giant anaconda. The movie's called Anaconda. Like, But don't show it killing a stuffed animal cat right away. Yeah. You blew your load so fast. So quick. Oh, boy. Ah, oh, jeez. Ah, oh, jeez, oh, guys. I, the location incredible yeah actually filmed in uh in the rainforest for most of it i didn't believe that but apparently that's true but then they're looking at fireflies at one point and they're just (laughs) perfectly circular yellow lights (laughs) winking on and off Uh uh-huh yeah you have the beautiful amazon you don't need to generate fake fireflies that are really clearly fake Unless I'm just I'm I'm just used to the green variety that are actual fireflies. Maybe I don't understand Amazon perfectly circular yellow. Perfectly, yeah, you know, lights. Yeah, yeah. Oi. And and you have uh, the they, they do have two. So there's two big snakes in this movie, um, uh, the warrior and the queen, um, and they they actually have uh, two mechanical snakes built so there's some done with practical effects mm-hmm. um and then there's cgi which apparently cost a hundred thousand dollars per second oh to generate this really often subpar snake shots yeah amber i'd like to uh, uh delve into a new segment here Uh-oh. which um i think probably will be really useful for um Uh-oh. most of the movies we watch coming up mm-hmm. and it's called snake facts <laughs> <laughs> megan yes I, amber i feel like i already got a ton of snake facts at the beginning of this movie with the with oh, the boy. opening opening tax scenes this, this the opening, it opens the opening. up with text roller is yeah. just stupid as a whole. No, Megan, it, it it prepares you mm. for just how scared you should be of these giant stuffed jaguar killing snakes. Megan, yeah, they're yeah. the most deadly and the most vicious, and they mm-hmm, regurgitate mm-hmm. their victims so they can kill and eat them again. Yeah, yeah, none of that's true. No, but the, and, it, and they I, told me it was, though. I, I went back and looked, and it does say the most, um, among the most fearsome and enormous creatures on earth was 
which is fundamental. If you're calling creatures, like you should say snakes because like snakes blue are, whales yeah. and like whales in general Orcas. are actually the top largest creatures yeah. uh, uh, in on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. But like, are they fearsome? Already you're st- I mean, you could say, I would say an orca is pretty fucking I mean, orca fearsome. It's just the jackass they're, of the sea. But a blue they're, whale they're is. Monsters. Yeah, they're fucking monsters. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on orcas. I know. I know how you feel about orcas. Um, yeah, so so 40 feet is, is, is a bit of a reach. Although I will say that, like, you know, so, okay, there's there's three huge snakes in the world. There's the green anaconda, mm-hmm. there's the reticulated python, and mm-hmm. the, there's a Burmese python. Oh, yeah, I actually think I knew that. Yeah. And so kind of the largest uh, uh, kind of um, uh, uh, one is the reticulated python, which, um, you know, I've got kind of the, the like, uh, probably true and the, like, the reach, you know, so like with a reticulated python, twenty three is essentially a, a almost proven uh, length of a reticulated python, and thirty three feet is one of those kind of like I saw one that was thirty three feet long. Um, so not 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 documented. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reticulated stretch goal combined with I yeah. saw one. It was thirty feet. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I should um, I should be less stereotypical. I saw one that was thirty I, feet. Oh, is that right, Westridge? It was. Um, <laughs> I was sipping my Chardonnay and thinking, "Oh, it is quite a large reptile over there." Mm. I was I was playing a, a croquet into a net on a barge in the Amazon, and I said to myself, "Self." Anyway, uh, anaconda, uh, 17 feet long is the like kind of uh, documented one and 29 feet long. Um, so, I mean, like they're fucking large ass snakes, you know, 200 plus pounds is documented. 500 pounds is kind of a, a reach. Like that's a, that's a large fucking snake. That's a lot of snake. Yeah. Yeah. I was but, told you know, 40 they, feet though. Yeah. This one said 40. So in like hypothetically, Scientists actually think they could get that long if left to their own devices um, for for long enough. Why won't we leave them alone so yeah. that they can get ginormous? Yeah, I know. That should be the real question of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Why do people have to keep coming in and killing giant anacondas before they can become gargantuan? Yeah. Who's the real monster here? It's so true. Um, anacondas have not been uh, 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 shown, at least there have been no documented cases where an anaconda has killed and eaten a person. They have killed people before, um, but they are usually too small to actually eat a person. Um, Man, they must be so bummed. Yeah, you know, right? They, oh, it's like, this is a big one. This is going to feed me for two months. It's yeah. going to take so long for me to digest this. Let me just... Th- let me, oh, no. Okay, maybe uh, if I start shoulders. Uh, uh, okay, no. If I okay, this is like this is doable. Just start it. Start down here, and oh god, but there's two of them right next to each other. I can't. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Oh no. I can't. I can't. This is so wasteful. This is. I feel bad now. Who's who's the monster now? Yeah. And then the anaconda goes and ends it all, and that's why yeah. it doesn't get to be forty feet. People are still killing snakes even when they're getting killed by snakes. Yeah. They die of despair of wastefulness because snakes, unlike people, actually care about waste. They do. Yeah. That's why they swallow the whole person. Yeah. 
Reticulated python has uh, um, actually two recorded uh, people eating incidences. Dang, adult adult python? people. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, isn't that upsetting? I mean, I saw the inside of the snake cam when when Cerrone met his oh, maker. Oh, by the way, there's an inside of. The- oh god. Oh, we saved boy. the best for last. We were so excited to see Cerrone die that we went in the snake. Yeah. To watch him get gulped down, and then. Ah. He does get vomited back up again. He does get vomited back up, which is actually a thing a snake does. Um, when they uh, 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 when they eat, you know, they've got this huge ass often thing in their bellies. And so they most of the time, unless you're an, an anaconda from this movie, are satiated and will actually go somewhere um, uh, kind of uh, hidden in order to digest because it takes a long time for them to digest and they don't need to eat again for quite a while. But if they're if they've got a huge meal and then if they um, are threatened by uh, some sort of uh, a predator, they actually can vomit up their oh, meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to like Escape make a quicker getaway. Tech. Yeah, and and also like here, predator, take this gross thing that I vomited up. I'm gonna go this way. You get distracted by that. Awesome. In the film, it's it's <laughs> it's implied that they. Um, vomit them back up just so that they could eat them again because they're they're just such predators that it makes them feel good to like re-kill something. eat them again yeah mm-hmm. yeah re re re-eat so they are you trying to tell me that they sort of built this snake up in a way that was unrealistic to make me scared of it yeah i am um, by lying to me i know i'm sorry but how could they amber i trusted them i know Betrayal. I have one more snake fact I'd like to tell you, which is there is a um, uh, uh, anaconda named Annie um, in captivity who in one month from this very day um, will be 39 years old. Happy birthday, Annie. And uh, uh, she's 16 feet long and 130 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Way to go, Annie. I yeah. wish they'd been a little bit more creative with the name. Well, yeah. That snake is almost the same age as me. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Anywho. Snake facts. Snake facts. Look for it in future episodes. <laughs> right, it could happen. It might, it might very well. So, Amber, what did you think of this movie? On the Rock Scale, Regrettable, Outstanding, Craze Balls, K, or Solid? This movie... Hmm. Is K craze balls outstanding? <laughs> okay, okay. It's fine for the what what it is. There mm-hmm. are some silly moments, but not a lot. Yep. But goddamn, how are they not gonna be terrible in yeah. writing their characters and their story? Look, yeah. look. I, I didn't know it was actually possible. I assumed they had to do it because otherwise. Why did everyone else do it? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Anaconda really makes you think. It really does. But you, what what is your rating? Oh, I I would agree. Yeah. I mean, I think we're we're it's it's not very good except for when it's outstanding and sometimes craze balls. So yeah. Yeah. K craze balls. Uh, uh, outstanding is uh, is uh, about right. I'm not saying you should watch it, but I am saying. If you make mm. movies, you should mm. learn from it. Yeah, I would say, like, if you are in the mood for, like, kind of a silly, 
a, a campy horror-ish movie, like, yeah, do watch it. It will not scare you. Do watch it. It will not be scary, but it's entertaining for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, then. Well, mm-hmm. Megan. Yes, Amber. Do you have a niece's story? I do. Um, so uh, uh, Maddie and Abby and Dan came up, and um, at some point we were we were hanging out with my uncles, and um, Maddie was trying to understand who lived in the house, you know, because she hadn't been up here before, so it was me and Daba and David now. Um, and we were saying, so David and Al live in this house together. And she says, ah, they live in this house together. But not all their chairs spin. <laughs> Deduction. Deduction. <laughs> Interesting. They live in... So this is their house, mm. but not all of their chairs spin. Yep. Oh. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> interesting. How interesting. How bizarre. <laughs> Uh, really great <laughs> what is going on in her mind you know yeah fascinating mm-hmm. it's very good Amber do you have a recommendation sure okay I'm gonna recommend Flight Attendant oh interesting okay it is a show on the HBO It the second season was just having been aired it has all been mm-hmm. dropped at this point and I mm-hmm. recently finished it as the show I watch while I'm stationary biking. Yep. You didn't need to know that, but I'm telling you that. That's what happened, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, first season's very good, very solid. Sort of a... It is, you know, mystery. A murder mystery at that point. Uh, where this flight attendant is caught up in the mystery of a man she just met and spent the night with. Um, she is obviously implicated. And runs afoul of multiple people and has to figure things out and be very self-destructive. She also clearly is an alcoholic and so there is an element of dealing with her own trauma at the event that happened as well as how it links into past trauma um, Mm -hmm. based on her childhood and her family life and her own father who was an alcoholic and taught her to drink when she was young and it's actually very interesting in being you know a solid played out mystery with a lot of interesting and fun characters some harrowing stuff and a very interesting internal psychological view of what's happening with her. You see kind of the flashback moments that she has and and you see her, she's literally talking to the dead guy in her head. So she spends a lot of time in her own head. And in the second season that gets played out in an even more interesting way to me personally, anyway, Mm -hmm. she's talking to herself in her head, like different versions of herself, her childhood self, a self that's deeply depressed, the one that wants to drink and be a party girl all the time. And she's arguing with herself and being abused by herself. And it's I can really relate to that because mm-hmm. one aspect of mental illness sometimes for people is is to really visualize different parts of yourself in different ways. And, you know, the self-destructive, self-hating, your, your inner child, all of those things can be elements that you sort of psychologically interact with at different times. Yeah. And so it was really, really interesting to see that played out yeah, portrayed that in a way. show yeah. while dealing with another mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and and her character okay. development is interesting from from season to season. So it's it's it is a really well made and, and pretty solid show that really keeps you engaged, but also looks at alcoholism and mental health in a really interesting internalized journey way. Yeah, yeah, I really nice. really liked the second season. I mean, they were both awesome. really good. I guess I liked them for different reasons, but yeah, yep. 
recommend awesome. flight attendant on hbo lovely megan do you have a recommendation yeah i'm gonna recommend something that i might have recommended already but i'm too lazy to go back and look um which is a crown of candy which is a, a dimension 20 show um it is a, a game of thrones um a, a, a style um store dnd story but everybody's candy uh, so you have like licorice people and gumdrop people and uh, but actually that's not true they're not all candy because like there's candy people and there's vegetable people and there's bread people and there's meat people and there's dairy people and like it, it's it's this world it's this like cutthroat world <laughs> made with like uh, you food. know food and um, it's so I just re-listened to it this is the second time I'm listening to it and. It's even more, I feel like it's even more clever than I gave it credit for the first time around. Um, Brandon Lee Mulligan is the DM. He's with his, his kind of regulars, uh, intrepid heroes that he, um, that he, they have done a, a few different seasons, um, in different worlds with. And it's a, it's a very clever, uh, Game of Thrones type, uh, uh, setup of um a silly D D game because they're all playing food items um delightful it's really quite delightful excellent yeah we've done good work here today we have we've had some good times anaconda did some good work anaconda surprisingly did some, did some good work yeah well megan uh this is where i leave you i hope you have a good mm -hmm. weekend this year and a Thank good day you. great and i'll close it out like i always do by saying I'm like a snake sleeping on a rock. I won't bother you unless you poke a stick at me. That's really specific. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it really makes you think. It makes you think. But if you do poke a stick at me, I will regurgitate whatever I'm trying to digest in your face and mm -hmm. put you inside of me. Unless I'm not a giant reticulated python, in which case I will just crush you to death and then slither away because I can't even fit you in my mouth. How do you feel yeah. now, stick poker? Yeah, take that. Dead is how you feel. Dead, Crushed super dead. is how you mm -hmm. feel. Hey, guess what? You can't scream if you can't breathe. <laughs> is Thank what you, tagline the poster of Anaconda told me. <laughs> And you can't breathe when you're getting crushed. Therefore, no one will hear your screams, stick poker. Yeah. Are you proud of yourself? Was this the life choice that you're going to look back on and say that was a good one? Oh, wait, no. Because again, you're dead. Yeah, not worth it. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. Make me regurgitate my meal just to crush you to death. Rude. <laughs>